on a Thursday afternoon at uh, a little later than our usual start time because <laughs> seemingly everybody has been stuck in that horrible lunchtime traffic, that horrible lunchtime Ravonia traffic. I've been in a National Fashion Council meeting. I don't, know, <laughs> I don't want to call it stuck. That know? sounds so Because official. that sounds terrible. <laughs> yes. Um, but this, we certainly... <laughs> yeah, this is another edition of Between Two Fames. Good afternoon. I'm Mabali Muloy. I'm Aspasia Karras. And joining us in studio... Unstuck. Uh, unstuck, what? Yeah, now I'm unstuck on oh, Unradio. Okay. Yes, no, I see. <laughs> um, joining us in studio, we've invited a couple of people to come in and join us. And, you know, they've, they've all been running late. But we do have the editor of Drum Magazine joining us this afternoon, Kosi. Good afternoon, Kosi. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this afternoon. Thanks for the invite. I'm sorry because we are. Yes, because... Actually, Aspasia, you were telling me about this... Incident that happened no, online. I wouldn't call it an incident. Oh, okay. I would say that this is an ongoing debate. Uh-huh. And I thought, let's take it off online where it's easy to tweet people uh-huh. and let's talk about it. Let's have the debate. We thought we'd start something called the, what are we calling it? Uh, Between know, two fames debate. <laughs> it's uh, too long. Y- you know, the problem with us and naming Hot things. Hot topic is we fail to name them. Yeah, this is the problem. <laughs> but the reason that this came about is because of um, Glamour magazine, right? They've they've now put Bonang Mateba on their cover. And apparently she is the first. They put out a press release. Oh, okay. And said that they were very proud because this was the first... Um, black South African, black South African cover model. I don't know if it's even maybe their first South African cover model altogether. Oh, okay. So this obviously created a lot of press, uh, a lot of negative reaction mm-hmm. on the Twitter sphere where people were saying, well, I mean, 20 years later, is it not crazy that Bonang is their first? And of course, I, I actually didn't want to talk about specifically the glamour cover. I wanted to talk about this issue. The issue. How do you choose who you put on your cover if you're an international publication in South Africa? Mm. Um, how does, uh, do you know? And, and of course, we've invited uh, the people who were engaging me because I thought, well, I'm not going to just like not engage on the Twitter sphere about it. Mm. I think you can. <laughs> I mean, you really have to discuss these things. And and it lends itself to the whole discussion of, like, who owns the media, yeah. who represents what they like in the media, et cetera, et cetera. So there are lots of juicy issues. That, yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Is, is it my turn to speak? You can it's jump always in. your turn. You can jump in whenever you feel like. This is a conversation. Uh, yeah, this is just. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I choose not to make it as complicated as everybody has made it out to be. Okay. Because for me and and for my space, it's it's a no-brainer really. We put on cover who the audience, pretty much as you do, mm. who the readers um, respond positively to. Mm. You know, um, um, Glamour magazine. I, I made the effort of checking them out their website today, and they claim to have a fifty-one percent uh, black um, readership. So it, it, it's about time, if that is indeed the case, mm. that you then put on cover the person that your audience best identifies with, you know. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, they've been in South Africa for 2000, uh, since 2004. Um, so it's, it's 10 years now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure the editor of the magazine is, is, is best placed to, to respond. Yes. Why did it take you so long to have a Bonang Mateba on, on the cover? That is if indeed Bonang is, their first uh, 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 black South African celebrity to be uncovered. I know internationally they've had plenty. Yeah, and they've had like people. lots of black, black people yeah. on the cover in South on, Africa on, as well. So, on yeah. The cover. Also, I, I, pretty much as Aspasia says, I don't know if in South Africa we should really be celebrating that we have black people on cover. This is South Africa. Yeah. You know, that is the majority. Um, demographic. So, yeah, sure. I'm glad it was a big milestone for them and they just had to point it out. Mm. But it is, we're in Africa. So to have a black person cover is not really much of an accomplishment. It's just what you should do. I yes. Think, you know what I mean? And so, it shouldn't be something that, I mean, it almost feels as if Glamour wants to be applauded. For, for doing something doing that they should indeed yeah, I yeah. think they got a surprise <laughs> But let's not um, ponder on glamour Because now I think, oh my word Maybe we should call Panina and say Please Perhaps. I think feed she, in yeah. But it was more for me to actually Start thinking about the subject matter I mean the truth of the At the heart of it is that Ownership 
of the media in mm. South Africa is still an issue. An issue. What, what, what issue are we talking about, ladies? I mean, it's you, you, are, you, are both, you are both editors of publications. But we don't own the publication. No. I don't, no. I don't, okay. Do you, do you no, I wish no. I owned okay. the publication. So, so then when you say... <laughs> that issue, would like make my job uh, so then when, that much more interesting. Yeah. Uh, when you say issues, what exactly do you mean? I mean, I think that obviously in South Africa, the inherited landscape of mm. what who owns the media yeah. is it, it comes freighted with baggage. It yeah. comes not only freighted with baggage, it comes freighted with the reality. The media is pretty much a, um, I, I'd like to say a duopoly, but actually it's probably like a, a tripartite effect. <laughs> now we've got also the, Delights of the Guptas who've entered into the fray. Mm. Oh, okay. So, um, but I mean, I'm talking about ownership because mm. I think it starts from there. But I think we should wait for our uh, um, bloggers no, to get into that. But let's perhaps, just quickly decide. I would like look, to the issue of, of 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 ownership, at least in terms of traditional media, has always been a contested issue. Mm. You know, given that there's basically been uh, uh, two centers of power. You know, you had your big old Danesbus group. Yeah. You had the Times group, and that's that's pretty much has been perceived to being a an, an old white boys club. Fine, you know, and mm-hmm. certainly in the uh, you also have Caxton, and 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 then you've got Caxton. So and those people control the printing. That that in, indeed they control the distribution. Yes, they control. Um, Pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. But let's just be fair. There is no legislation <laughs> in South Africa that says that black people can't own the media. No, there you know, isn't. Especially in this digital era. And the media has become so democratized that everybody can just pop up something at any given point, at, you know, whenever. So to say that it, 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 I suppose it is from a political perspective, if you want to politicize the issue, then by all means, let's all have like a deep, in-depth political debate as to how is it that black the black majority people have not been um, given some some stake. Okay. However, the likes of Media 24 will tell that actually we have a majority black ownership uh, through our whole uh, uh, welcome uh, welcome Wazani scheme. So it isn't it's 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 deeper. Okay. You know? We need more than an hour to really talk about yeah about, yeah about the issue. And maybe part of the problem is that a lot of us are so quick to react. And to throw in our opinions when yeah. we don't necessarily have all the information. And very importantly, Mavale, when it comes to media ownership, we must make it very clear as editors, as president, I, that media ownership has got absolutely nothing to do with editorial integrity and what happens in the newsroom. As an editor, I've never had to call Kos Becker as Mara Vaderman and ask them, geez, do you think that I should put so-and-so on cover? Okay. The, now, you see, the difference in my life is that as an editor, my publisher mm-hmm. approves the cover choice. Hmm. So if, and so then simply if, because I feel that like on your cover, let's yeah. say d- drum, yeah, your cover is like sort of almost like driven by a weekly newsworthiness, mm, mm. and your readership, as you said, what does your readership want to see on your cover? Yeah, in my case, it's a big fat business decision because. And this is where I would like to introduce our guests. Okay. We have a further guest who's just walked in. Yes, do so, Aspasia. Please uh, introduce yourself. This is Vanguard Magazine. That's how I know them. Online. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> so. And Vanguard Magazine will tell us exactly who they are because I have had such a crazy, hectic week that they keep on saying, please, let us just email. And I keep on saying, ah, I don't have the moment. So won't you tell us a little bit about who is Vanguard Magazine? Hi, so my name is Panache Chigmadi. I'm the founder and editor of Vanguard magazine. Um, and we are an online uh, magazine which is aimed at who we call the code switchers. So that's young black women in South Africa, specifically those between the ages of 20 to 30. Uh, you probably went to a former Model C or private school. And the reason for that is not an experience of elitism specifically. It's really the experience of having had to assimilate into white culture. Right. Sorry, so what do you call these group of women? <laughs> the code switches, because what that means, having had to assimilate, means yeah. that you often have to move through a lot of different cultural environments, right? Mm-hmm. So okay. it means that when you're at home, you act one way, you know, you speak to people older than you as, you know, you know, so and so, and then when you get to the office, you know, it's Aspasia, it's Korsi, you don't, you know, you all of a sudden have to call people by their first names. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's how you act with your boyfriend versus how you act with your father, very different dynamics. So it's a really to capture that experience 
experience and to sort of, particularly because this is a group of young people who probably have had a lot of different labels who, you know, thrown at them. So whether it's coconut, whether it's born free, all of those things. And now you're at the stage where you sort of now wanting to question a lot of things in your life, right? And you would fall within this group, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It only makes sense. I mean, part of why we're here and why we started, I mean, I have a background in in, in media, um, both on the corporate side and as a writer. I used to work for the Africa Business News Group, so I used to do TV. I was a columnist for Forbes Africa, well, Forbes Women Africa, and also wrote for Forbes Africa, worked in the corporate side and office of the managing director, so I have the experience. So all the things you're talking about, we don't throw rocks without knowing uh, what we're talking about. Part of I I strongly disagree that management doesn't filter down into what the content is. I think that that's I mean that is the reason why we started the magazine because we said ultimately if we the ones who are being represented we want a specific kind of story. It's not being there. It's not being shown in the media. We're going to create our own. We're simply going to disinvest from a lot of what we see as myths and underrepresentation of black women. So then who is, and that is, that is, I mean, this is why we brought you along into the debate because Mm -hmm. we felt this is exactly what, um, you were saying. Mm. Before about if people want to start their own, if if people want to start their own thing, and by all means, I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely fantastic that more and more black, young, gifted people. Um, are able to do this. So for me, that that is no longer really an issue. You know mm. what I mean? For me, the real issue is how do we dismantle these old printing presses mm. that are owned by a few white people? But that's another issue altogether. Now, well, what, I don't know that we want to dismantle them. Perhaps we just want to take some more ownership of them. No, well, they're dying anyways. Even. The you issue know. is that they're dying anyways. You know what I mean? So it really is a matter of phasing them out. It's going to happen over time. Um, the, the, what, what, what I want to get on though is, is, is the fact that you see, for an audience like hers, it really doesn't matter who you have on cover. Doesn't you know it? I mean? it? No, I don't it, think it no, does. No, no, no. Does it matter for you? So first of all, uh, it's, it's a very different game that I play when I'm online versus when I have a print magazine. Right? Okay. I understand very much that when you have a print magazine, the cover matters a lot. It can tank or um, it can really push up your sales. I understand that. Whereas mm. online, it's a lot more issue-driven and it's a lot more of a segmentalized sort of thing. So people can afford to just look at one article. They're not going to buy based on the fact that they're not going to click um, onto my magazine based on the fact that so-and-so is on the cover. So it's a very different game. I don't have to. It's a lot more issue-based versus cover-based. When we do get to a print stage of when we do print, yeah. it's a very different ball game that we're going to have to start playing. And those are the questions we start asking ourselves as well. So it's not as if we're not sympathetic to the difficulties of um, cover sales. It's a very difficult thing. I, mean, I can tell you that for Forbes Africa, for example, having a South African cover versus a West African cover makes a big difference, right? Are we going to get set more sales in Nigeria? We're going to make a lot more sales in South Africa. We understand that. But my, my objection particularly to, you know, the international magazines like yours um, or mm. the local versions of international magazines like yours, Aspasia. And those are the kind of things that my target market grew, grew up reading, right? So it's your Isles, your Claire, Grazia, and that sort of thing. Um, if you're saying that local celebrities don't sell, fine. But why then don't you have a lot more black international celebrities in your covers? It can't only be Lupita. I mean, there's so many more black stars that we look up to, but they're not on your covers as well. well but no, I, they so are. I mean, that's, that search always worries me because I've, I feel, goodness, I mean, I, I have, in, for example, in October, my October yeah. cover was Alicia Keys. Does she not fit into the mold? So Do people many? not like her? No, but see, in fact, but and I also have to just say that, like, I felt that Alicia Keys actually sold actually quite well. And I wanted, because I then went back after I had this debate with you guys and investigated it. And it was very interesting to me because what actually appeals to people, um, but the question is, is very mysterious to me. No, but and so I'm also trying to understand. But but this is the issue. The issue is that whenever we raise these issues of representation, you point to the one or two covers that you've had, right? So I wouldn't say that. Like over the twelve over the twelve months, what covers have you had? Right? You've had Alicia Keys, right? You've had Lupita. Who else? But I'm an international publication that is... So there's no black celebrities internationally? Forced to... I'm curious to know who, who else is you. there. I mean, I'll tell you right now, Lupita is quite hot right now. Mm. Uh, she, you um, know, she, uh, she's kind of like the new it girl in Hollywood. Like Everybody's like loving her. Whether we no, like but I mean, this is a good point is, to yeah. make because... Because you were saying that a lot of, you know, for uh, for a local publication, a drum magazine, 
who who goes on your cover depends a lot on who is relevant in that time at and, that particular yes. and who and your listeners who your yeah. listeners are responding to. And, and right now, the people are with monthlies as they are with 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 weeklies. And I must admit that it's much much easier for me, having been uh, conceived as a black publication, to just you know perpetuate that it really does work. I've got a ninety eight percent black readership, so for me, it's pretty much set. You know, no, we so have this tried is something international that covers saying. and they haven't worked for us. So it really is just depends on what works and what doesn't work. And which who your market is and who you yeah. So again, so okay, okay just, on, sorry, just one sorry, second. Sorry, I think we just, want to bring what, in yeah, Zotwa. No, let me bring in Zotwa Kumalo, who is the art editor uh, of, of the Mail and Guardian. I just want Zotwa. You can jump in anytime you feel like it's Zotwa. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Um, I don't know if you've been listening to the conversation thus far. Zotwa, um, in the last few minutes. Okay, okay yes. I just wanted to jump in there and and and. And just point out that, you know, there are other sort of intricacies when it comes to choosing magazine covers. Mm. I mean, I know that I worked with Sophia for a long time at Marie Claire and at Elle. Um, and it's also about who's shooting these covers. It's not just, uh, you know, let's put a black model on the cover because, you know, the, the, the market demands it. It's also what, what images are available to these international magazines. Um, and so that it also comes down, comes down to that choice as well. Um, I know that last year, Jada Pinkett Smith had posted, I don't know if you saw those mock covers that she posted, um, yes. and she kind of flipped the script a bit and put Charlize Theron on an Essence cover, and the other was a, was Queen Latifah on a, on a Cosmo cover. And the comments that came out of that were just about, you know, what's good for the goose. Um, and so would, would the Essence readers be happy to have a white celebrity on, on, on the cover? Um, you know, does it work both ways or are we just sort of, I mean, it's obviously a very different market in South Africa and the time is right to put more black celebrities on the cover, but not, you know, not, not as, not as, a, not as tokenism. But that's the point, right? Um, that's exactly the point that if you can then point to Aspasi, you're saying that, right, but I had Alicia, but I had Lupita, that's tokenism, right? No, 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 no. You see, I would not say that it's tokenism. Look at the furor that just came through with the whole uh, Bonang glamour first black issue, right? Mm. First black local cover. That's exactly what people are saying, that you can point to the one. I mean, how many local black celebrities have you had? I have had several local Mm. black celebrities in point of fact. You know, so, but here is in my time, but what I want to, to explain is that there are two, two push and pull things that are happening here. Firstly, we are, an international publication. I'm under obligation to keep an international perspective. When you look at the world internationally, how many black celebrities are there? And this is not to say that I endorse it or say, yes, this is fantastic. But on an international level, I have put all those black celebrities on the cover. I've put Kerry Washington on. I've put as many as I possibly can. And what I am feeling at the moment is that there is a sea change of perception and this is something that is global so the fact that Lupita and now people are complaining that people are putting Lupita on the cover to me it seems sorry to put it this bluntly ask about face finally we get a beautiful young woman that the whole world is endorsing and they're giving her was this the how many how many people have won an Oscar yeah sorry I mean I just want to say that like it's very important to endorse the sea change as it happens and to start building momentum. So I put Lupita immediately on my cover as soon as she won that Oscar. I was the first magazine in South Africa. Unfortunately, I, I mean, I shouldn't be exposing all the figures. That was my lowest selling issue. In the whole year. Okay, now Alicia Keys, however, was not my lowest selling issue. And so I have to say that there is, it's a push and pull. Mm. And for me, who has to deal with a publisher who says to me, you know what? I cannot afford, I don't have a weekly, I don't have an online thing. I have one chance to bounce back. Mm. I have one chance every month in an industry, as you said, that is undergoing, it's cutthroat and going through a serious problem. So for me, it's not about tokenism. It's about how am I going to alter perceptions, get people to buy into 
the idea that on an international well, cover like, you can have a black woman, and who is that black woman that you will actually buy? Enter mm. so Vanguard, right? Yeah. Because they have created this yes. environment where they will have these conversations, where they will lead away and show us That's who great. they want to know more That's about. That's why I wanted her to come exactly. in. I put out the invitation to all those people who we were having so the debate with the other night, okay, and I'm yes. so proud so, that you came. So, so listen, to, this is this is the issue, and I actually wanted to raise, and even when we spoke to our readers and said, right, we're going to talk about this, that the cover is just one aspect, right? The covers is just really what, I mean, if you're going to say don't judge a book by its cover, because ultimately also the content as well, right? For me, that's why for us as, as, as Vanguard readers, it doesn't really matter as much who's there and it's more about the issues that we talk about. So even now when I'm speaking to you about this issue of tokenism, so right? have you bought the Marie Claire? Yes, and I buy it. Marie Claire every single month as far as I buy every single month because I need to know what my Let me share your final, your are you, are you Are you able to identify with the issues? So the reason why I started Vanguard was because I could, I personally could not find myself being represented every single month. Mm. I find myself upset with your L, Marie Claire, Greta. That's the reason I started. Can I, can I just jump in there? Yeah. Can, I, can I just finish just why, why, can I just finish this point, Zodra, and then sure. I'll let you continue? The reason, so covers are just a really surface level mm. issue, right? So if I open your masthead, Aspasia, who's in the management of it, right, of these magazines? Your target market, if I look at your rate card, your media pack, it says 51% black readers. That's your target market. No, no, that is who our market is, 52%. On your, on your rate card, on your me- media pack, yes, it says 51%. Yes, we have 52%. Okay, well, that's what your media I pack mean, our latest says. Yes, your, me- your latest 2014 market. media pack says target market is, is, is 51%. Yes. Right, right. And this is a lot across the board, a lot of these magazines. Glamour, for example. It's not a target market. I'm just trying to explain to you. your rate card says. My rate talking. card says who the reader is. The reader is 51% black. I'm not targeting that reader. I it already have that market. reader. If someone can Google it, it says target audience. I don't know what that means. I actually wanted to ask you what okay, is target well, audience. Well, here I'm trying to explain to you. That means that I have 52% black readers. Yes. Okay. okay. Zotra, um, I, I'd like to bring you in here, though. Like, just, just come in with what you wanted to say. Yes, I was going to say that, you know, the, it's, it's kind of a superficial way of looking at the the whole debate that we should be having and are having. It's not about you know, the, the the packaging. For me, it goes beyond that. It's about it's the, the fashion cut. editorials. Mm-hmm. It's about the mm-hmm. beauty advertising. It's yeah. about those people that we're using to front the campaigns. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that we love celebrity gossip. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you look across the shelves and you see, for argument's sake, uh, Lupita, you're going to pick up that cover and you're going to go, hmm, this looks interesting. But you're going to be very disappointed because it's the same story that you've mm-hmm. read online. But when you look through all the rest of the pages, it doesn't... Um, kind of reflect what the message is, what the whole message is, and it doesn't reflect where the community and the buying public yes. is sitting at the moment because we're not talking to the mass market, we're talking to a very niche market. I mean, a mag- magazine like Marie Claire is 51% um, black readership as as a sphere state. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to have to change because if you want to keep that readership, then yes, keep putting Jennifer Aniston on the cover, but it's kind of like a habit that you have to build with readers. They might see a Lupita cover one month out of the 12 in a year, but if it's not a sustained effort mm. to put those, those, um, those uh, celebrities, black celebrities in the cover, then you're not going to create that habit and people will still throw out, oh, it's tokenism, it's bonang, it's the first black, you know, those kind of throwaway remarks. So it's up to publishers to, to kind of build that, that Momentum. The relationship with their readers, that momentum, exactly. Publishers and advertisers. Okay. So if I just want to look yes, at the I mean, issue, right? Because see, that's the issue, right? Because that's see, true. The, the advertisers, the advertisers sorry, have, have, to, yes. have to also be invited. <laughs> because <laughs> because as, as Zodwa was saying, the, 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 the beauty, the, who reflects those beauty products, this is like in the last two years, mm. two years, is the first time that most of these uh, beauty houses yeah. have started developing um, makeup, base, and, makeup, and, makeup and, skincare for products all, for all races. No, not yeah, for all tones. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. for me, that is like astounding. So, mm-hmm. it has taken how long that have they long. been in the market exactly. to finally actually develop product, high that, end product. But that's in order to reflect that's a transformation right? issue across the board. Our mm-hmm. question then is to say that 
even the masthead, how long are we going to find the first black Marie Claire editor? How long is it going to be until we're going to ask for the first black L editor? And this is this is there what has been a first black L, L. editor. Yes, Cynthia okay. Vongai was the second editor of um, South so African L. That we can point to it. The fact that we can. Well, go, I mean, oh, I'm simply no, answering no, 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 your question no, 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 because no, no, you're no, saying no, how no, long are we going to wait? Oh, and in okay, fact, so there has the been this one. Is, this is the point. We'll wait until we find the right talent. You know what I mean? Talent is groomed. Talent is groomed because it's not as if you just. It, I don't know when you have these succession plans because I'm not sure that in ten years' time we're not going to be having this conversation. This is this is my point, right? For a lot of us. We simply then say, you owe us nothing, Aspasia. The magazines owe us nothing. If we are finding that we're not being represented the way that we would like to be represented, we simply are getting to the point where now we're going to create our own and we're disinvesting. I have a lot of my young friends who are just saying, I, I can't anymore. My friend just started, you know, Black Women Be Like. We start telling our own stories. I have so many other women that I'm with right now that we're doing it. So simply at this point, I, I actually don't even like to engage with it because it's like I'm begging you to do the things I'd like you to do and take the risks. You know, it's your money. Okay, so I will take the risks but because here is the my stories point. are important enough to Hang me. Hang on, let me, let me just jump in here. Yeah. Does it not give you even better satisfaction starting your own thing and, and owning it yourself? Definitely. And I and I think and I think this is where you can be an inspiration. You know, my father always said to me, You need to aspire to be your own boss Definitely. and not to work for a boss. So maybe instead of asking the questions, when are we gonna have that Marie Claire black editor? But I mean if if but if, if you if you if you as Vanguard so are, are creating and starting your own then you don't need to look to the I Marie Claire or don't. the L or the, So you this know. is our point, right? Yeah. We're at the point where right now we're challenging a Marie Claire. We're going to get to the point where you displace them, right? So it is a very difficult thing to do because there's the education of the consumer because we're used to whiteness and that as being the standard that I'd rather buy a copy of Shailene um, Woodley than I would buy a copy of Terry Petal on the cover of, of Marie Claire. That needs to change. And a lot of us are waking up to it. We're starting to say, guys, if these guys don't take us seriously, let's just stop buying from them. So as it happens, I have had Terry Petto on the cover. Yes, that's yeah. why I mentioned it. I don't know how you, you have feel it. about the dispute, but I think that is brilliant. I you know, think I'm I, very excited. I, I want to see. You because yeah, I, just, I, think I just, how many readers does Vanguard have at the moment? Because for me, I feel it's very important to bring you into our debate and into our narratives. And that's why I have four black columnists in the magazine at the moment. Now you're rolling your eyes, but I don't have any other columnists. Mm. So I'm asking myself... Why do you feel that those Wh- people are not representing no. your voice? So, especially are those just the wrong columnists? No, it's not I'm asking it as a like sort of. This is a serious question. So when, talk, when we talk about um, transformation, right? Mm. You know, often companies are black, but you know, you're going to the newsroom, right? Yes. So the junior journalists are black and whatnot. But then when you start looking at who owns, who manages, that is the crux of transformation. Who owns? Who gets to manage it? Right? Who gets to make the final editorial decisions? What words are admitted, what words are and aren't used, right? It makes mm-hmm. a huge difference to the stories. The yeah. kind of, you know, editorial decision that we make every single day is to say, right, am I going to center Oscar or am I going to center Riva? Am I going to speak more? Am I going to put, um, for example, um, Portia Medisa on the cover? I'm going to talk about generations. Those are the decisions that you get to make mm-hmm. as an editor. And there's some things that I will know specifically as a young black woman that you will never have access to. And I say that I read your magazine every single month. I read your editor's letters. You know, for example, when you spoke about blackface, right? So you speak about it, but you have a distance. But there's certain things that you will never be able to access. And I don't blame you for it. So for us, I'm just saying that simply, I'm not here to beg you to do. I, I think it's actually quite ridiculous for us to continue to say, please represent us, right? Please do. I, simply, I'm just going to create my own space. And that's what we're doing as young black women. I want to throw out this question here. Um, Zotu Asmasio told us that, um, you know, she put Lupita Nyong'o on her cover of Marie Claire and that unfortunately when the numbers came back that that was a low selling issue now if if 51% of your buyers are black and you put Lupita on the cover and then the numbers are low what does that say about the readers then they're not buying that issue now why is that no, but i mean based on one issue you can't make that kind of judgment okay. if, you know historically if you look at the last say, six editions and i'm just making up you know a number here there, there wouldn't have been a black person on the cover. So those, those readers who have been looking and looking and looking have given up. So all of a sudden you have a black woman who's completely inspirational and absolutely beautiful um, on, on a cover of Marie Claire who's traditionally had white celebrities. You're not going to expect a, a sort of whirlwind effect just from that cover. It's got to be a sustained effort. 
It's got to be every you? month. I mean, can, can I just adding to that is this how committed are you? I will be very honest. Starting this as a digital magazine, this is what my third month of full time quit my job to do this, right? It's not as if I didn't have a good job. I had a very great job, right? But I quit this to do this, right? And it's a very, very hard thing to do. Right? It's not as if advertisers are jumping to give us money because part of the narrative, we ask very hard questions, right? We're not going to just speak about the fluff and, you know, ask questions because it's easy to talk about the easy sort of, um, issues around sort of blatant racism, right? You can talk, now it's really talking about the structural racism and those kind of things, calling ourselves out as young black people, how we're complicit, all of those kind of things. And it means that it takes a while even for readers to get there. But from our side, I have a vested interest in making sure that this is going to be a successful business. As well, it's also understanding startup culture, right? Businesses aren't started in, in a day, right? The digital space is a very difficult space in general. Now, on top of that, I'm saying that I want to do something for young black women of a very niche audience. It's going to be very difficult. But people like me, people like a lot of my friends, whether it's publications like Black Women Be Like, we have The Daily Vox, I have Miss Millie B, we're committed to saying that, right, these things are going to change and we can't keep complaining about what we don't like in your Marie Claire's owls and those sort of things if we're not willing to do something about it. So speak to me in about a year and a half's time. Hopefully things will be better. <laughs> we'll have a uh, print. But I personally, I know that I can throw rocks because I know I'm doing something about it. Okay, Kwasi, I want to bring you in here as the editor of Drum Magazine because, you know, for you, um, it's a local publication. So, mm-hmm. But for the same reasons that Sari are not going to put a black woman yes. on their cover. You're not going to suddenly go and put a white woman on the cover of Drum Magazine, or are you? You said 98% no, of your no, readership is no, black. No, no, we Actually, I was just thinking, uh, when talking about first, and I was thinking, gosh, have we ever had a white woman on cover? <laughs> <laughs> and we actually have uh, had a, a white woman on cover, our first ever, and it didn't do quite badly. But the reason for it is because it was Benny McCarthy's wife. Mm-hmm. And he was there with yeah. her on mm-hmm. the cover. Mm-hmm. And that was the only reason I was willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loves Benny. It was a Christmas cover. They were showing us their beautiful home and their beautiful daughter. And we had this white woman on the cover of, of Dry Magazine, which I felt was quite a, a, a milestone in terms of a, of a post-democratic... <laughs> did you put out uh, a press release? No, I did not. Uh, <laughs> smart I, woman. I did not because because uh, uh, it, it's South Africa. You know what I mean? It, it is not an oddity to see a, 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 a multiracial couple. But that that's what you're going to have and that's what you're going to do. So I, you know, I would never, for example, um, jump and get uh, Charlize Theron on the cover of Drive Magazine because my, my readers would not, you know, react positively to that. Mm. That simply put, they will not buy the magazine. So as I'm listening to this, here's my point, because I grew up with these ideas that we were going to become this like sort of... Um, Rainbow Nation, mm. and now it's become almost a dirty word to say such a thing, <laughs> and that there was going to be this culture that yeah. was a, a, a new culture that was speaking to women across yeah. color. For us to get so wait, wait, if I can yeah. just finish. <laughs> Lovely ladies. <laughs> My goodness, we have a voluble group this here today. I know it is. <laughs> but here it is. That That is how I grew up. I went mm. to varsity all my friends were, I, I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm of a certain age. So I made a concerted effort. I joined the um, yeah. ANC and as soon as it got unbanned, I had these ideas. Yeah. And what has happened to me is that I feel that they've been bashed. And now I'm sitting here going, hmm, what we need maybe to there do. isn't a voice yeah, no, no. that is a universal urban voice that is for... All, all of us. Let's talk to urban women. Yeah, but what we, what what we must do and what we need to do for us to take this conversation this conversation forward is to accept that you, Aspasia, are in the minority. Let's let's deal with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you are you 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 grossly in the minority. Let's f- also secondly deal with the fact that we did have. Uh, uh, a w- Am I in the minority as a white woman or in the minority for my thinking? You're in the minority in terms of your thinking. Okay. You know, in terms of your history, in terms of your thinking, in terms of your your progressive attitude, you are sadly in the minority. Let's accept that. Let's also accept that we've had a really ugly past. We've had apartheid. We've had we've had people being racially segregated. We you know. Let's accept exactly. who we are. That's Although apparently, did you read those statistics so, this morning that said that, and I thought this was very interesting, that the vast majority of white South Africans do not feel bad about apartheid 
and are forgetting so this, it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can I, can fine, I fine. One last thing. And let's yeah. also, moving forward, accept that for as long as there is white Twitter and black Twitter, mm. there will be you know, black think and white think. The future where I'm sitting is mm. where she comes in. You know, she for <laughs> me, she is the future. So I'm 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 very happy that she's me too. here. That's you know why I mean? invited them. I, I said, saying, please come and have the this way. debate. They need to lead the way, and I'm hoping that in future we will not be having conversations as to what. A race best represents our content Our content should be able to sell itself Regardless of who's on cover That's how good our content needs to be okay. and, that, and, and that requires a deeper, deeper You know, a, a much deeper language as to What words do we use, what words don't we use What mm-hmm. language do we use, what, you know what I mean So it is a much deeper conversation But we will get there, we will certainly get yeah, there That's why I so, thought it was so important to have the conversation In response to that, right, so we are that generation Who a lot has been put on, right We are supposedly not meant to see color We are meant to just have this universal cu- culture We are those so-called born frees, right And a lot of us are saying Rainbow Nation is a dirty word, we don't want it because part of that rainbow nation has just been, it means universal culture often means white culture. You don't have, that's why we say black Twitter, because black is a minoritized culture, right? It's redundant to say white Twitter, because white is the default in South Africa, right? And I'd actually just like to read. Well, I don't know if no, I agree with so, that. Okay. I mean, okay, so this, this I just is, think it's a segmented culture. No, so can, can, I, can I just, I, don't, I hate to be really rude about it, because the reason, the reason why so many of us get really frustrated as young black people is that when we speak about our specific experiences as black people, we continue to be erased, right? We're not allowed to speak about some of our issues that we face, right? So, for example, this month you wrote about women's leadership, right? The next level I take it as a black woman to say, right, not only am I not taken seriously as a woman, I'm also not taken seriously as a black person as well, right? So there's a lot of... <laughs> Part of this universal culture, right? So the language that you end up writing, it's English. What are our references? For example, this well, last month, I think you had the international covers as well. What are those references? Very European, very white references. Those are what we're talking about. What, are the, what about the things that are happening on the rest of the continent? That's what we were talking about, right? When I talk about issues of tokenism, if, I, if I've raised that at, in my previous workplace, it's like, oh, you're just complaining. And that's why we continuously, as young black people, we find ourselves distancing ourselves from it because we continue to be told that's not that's not it this is the universal this is the rainbow nation don't speak about it (laughs) and can i just read this 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 um intro to hagen engler's book it says marrying black girls for guys who aren't black Right, and this is how um, Hagen Engler, for people who um, <laughs> don't know, yes. was the editor of FHM, FHM. yes, which is now that closed. lovely publication, closed, eh? <laughs> defunct, defunct, yeah, so, irrelevant. So. Although he had married a black woman, yes. obviously, okay. which is why he the, wrote book. the book. So, if I can mm. just read this quote, right? So it says, this is Africa after all. So after a couple of decades of living in Africa, one starts to feel a little embarrassed not to be black. The embarrassment is preceded by a series of insights, realizations, and epiphanies about the status quo. These make you wonder how you've managed to live a life such utter, unleavened non-blackness for as long as you have. How, for instance, have you managed to be an English-speaking person inspired by American movies, Thai food, German motor cars, English <laughs> literature, TV and football, Italian fashion, and Japanese gadgetry, and yet you have spent your entire life in the South of Africa? How, I ask you, how have you managed it? How do you not speak Gosa? How, man- how have you managed to ignore the Premier Soccer League all your life? How have you not watched one nanosecond of generations? You've also not, not never really watched or listened to Kai FM. And how do you not know who Malusi Gigaba is? Also, for crying in a bucket of prawns, how have you never or how have you lived a life of such promiscuous abandon and not once, once kissed a black woman? You, your ability so to stew. Yeah, I think it is meant to be irony. But that's the truth. I think if we speak, the references that we have in, in, in mass media in South Africa are a lot of white references. If we say international, that often means black culture is not in there, right? So for me, that's what we mean, us as young black people. As long as you continue to say universal, universal, meaning white, 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 I mean, we pull back. And so let me ask you a question, Aspasia, editor to editor, right? When you, <laughs> when you, um, when you, um, give out a brief for a story, and let's say the story is about the challenges women face in the workplace. Do you also add a line and say, let's now speak to black women in particular and let's see what special challenges they have? Because we all agree the challenges we have as women in the workplace are universal. We, however, would agree that the challenges that black women have 
uh, a particular mm. and are more intense. You uh, see, like I, I wouldn't, would you, as a Marie would Claire, that? that's yeah. not the sort of story that we would actually run. Okay. We wouldn't run a challenges in the workplace. What we would look for would be something a little more um, nuanced, something that you've never heard of or read about. Or So, for example, I mean, we, we and perhaps this was offensive to you, but ran a story about is there racism when you're trying to rent an apartment in Johannesburg? Mm. Because, yes, we knew that there was racism in Cape Town when you're trying to rent an apartment. But what we're interested in is, is there such a thing in Joburg? And we commissioned a black writer to write that story so that she could like do it from her perspective. Now, perhaps I'm just um, yeah, but misguided. Is, but the difference is that we've question. never even asked that question. Yeah, for us, we know that, it's and racist. And we know there is. You see, that's, I think that's what her point is. Asking that question on its own is quite like... It's so like you don't feel that it's like no, a no, relevant it's a subject matter? No, the subject no. matter, but your framing, this is, this is the, the difference, right? So how would you frame it? Because that's why I have you it here to up, give it me would, It guidance. would not be a question because we know it's it, racist. It, it, so that's yeah. the point, that we're constantly being questioned that, oh, there's no such thing as... Those are the structural issues. So it's easy to talk about blackface, right? Because it's yes, blatant. But I'm an international publication, so I'm not coming from that perspective of... I'm running a Marie Claire, which is an international publication, mm-hmm. which has to appeal to... A broad so perspective, a huge more people, and so with all due respect, there's fifty percent of the people who are buying the magazine, who maybe are not framing the question in that way. Is it not an important thing to raise? So you can talk about it, but it's not. Is there racism? It's straight up racism in Johannesburg. Zato, let me bring you in here. What do you What do you think? Yes, I was going to say, you know, on another point in Destiny magazine recently, I've seen somebody had posted a a, a debate um, about. The head wrap. Yes. Um, and the question they were posing was, you know, just from from my, from my memory, it was something like, "Is wearing a head wrap to the office inappropriate?" Mm. Now, you know, I asked myself, I'm like, "This is Destiny magazine. It's a ma- magazine that's targeted to black women, mm-hmm. but it's asking a question that's targeted at who? Who is it? I mean, what what kind of a question is that? Who are they appealing to? Who are they talking to? Why is it even a topic of discussion?" So, you know, for different magazines, there are different questions that you pose because you know who your readership is. But, um, you know, for instance, when you're talking about sending out briefs, you always have to, I mean, it's the reality of this country, you always have to frame it in a way that will be inclusive because, as uh, Panasha was saying, it's white is the default. Mm -hmm. And you find that writers that you do commission, and I commission on a regular basis, um, that you have to remind them, you have to have, black representation. Mm. You can't just have a topic that's only sort of tackled by a white population. You've got to be inclusive. So perhaps, you know, Destiny was trying to be inclusive in that situation, but I mean, we can't be idealistic and think that, you know, uh, you can't frame questions in a specific way because you've got to be constantly, as a gatekeeper, you've got to be the one to say, hang on, don't forget X, Y, and Z. And for me, that's just a reality. You've just got to, you've just got to put it in there. Ladies, let me ask another question here. Um, we're very passionate when it comes to asking these questions about black people and black women. Are we as passionate and asking the same of, well, when are you going to have an Indian person on your cover or, you know, a Chinese person or this person or that person? Do we not care because we are black and therefore we're not interested in, in, in the other race groups or what? What, what's your take on, on, on other race groups so in general? My baseline, it's not that I need to center myself all the time as a black person, mm. right? If I, I gladly buy Vanity Fair, I gladly buy The New Yorker, I gladly buy, you know, if, if I'm in Germany, I'm not going to be upset that I'm a special interest group. <laughs> Why am I being upset, right? Because I'm a minority in Germany. There's yeah. no reason for me to be upset, right? Yeah. I understand my context. The reason I get upset in South Africa is specifically because I'm in the majority. Mm. Why do I continuously be see? Why do I continuously see myself? And I think, <clears throat> for a lot of us as young black people, particularly my target market, I'm very specific about that. There is a sense that we aspire to be in a lot of white spaces. So white spaces, including like a Marie Claire, where we would question whether there is or isn't even racism in Johannesburg um, 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 uh, housing market and that sort of thing, right? But now I think we're getting to a point where we're saying, hang on, if these spaces weren't for us in the first place, let's move out. 
right? Um, because we're continuously not treated as the default because by virtue of you're saying that you have to think about your other 50% of, of readers, we're not your default and that's fine. For me, really, I'm... Well, a, you I, see, because perhaps I was just, um, as Zodwa's term, idealism. I think I'm being idealistic about the reader. It's not being idealistic, though. So clearly I'm framing it as a sort of thing that would upset everyone. I think it should be um, uh, uh, so more realistic about the issues mm. and, and the psychographics. And, and I, I, I personally am also very irritated by magazines that, that, that kind of expect me to buy them because they're black or because they're, you know, if I'm white, then it's a white magazine. I don't want to be told what I should be reading. I, I just want a world where magazines are talking in an inclusive manner. I want to be, say, uh, you know, if I'm over 40, I don't want to buy a magazine for over 40. That's totally <laughs> very patronizing. <laughs> I think that uh, there's certain magazines that tried that payoff line, Zod, and it didn't work for them. <laughs> but I think it's a time so I just want to read a magazine that's inclusive, basically. Whether it's got, you know, Jennifer Aniston on the cover, whether it's got Lupita on the cover, the issues that are tackled in the magazine must appeal to everyone. Well, precisely. So I'm finding this very sobering because I need to understand how to do that. Hence, I've called this little focus group here today, essentially so that you can all help me do it better. <laughs> it's not in my business interest to do that. <laughs> the mix of the team in the newsroom, in your publishing houses, that is where the problem starts, in that there is no transformation mm-hmm. in the newsroom. There are no, there's no transformation in terms of media houses. It's very much like, oh, we need a young black voice, let's get a mm-hmm. young junior features editor uh, or, or writer who's black because they can tap into that market. And it's not about that. It's about having a newsroom that is completely representative of the society that we live in and the decision makers are the ones that need to change. Let me just get a couple of messages in here from WeChat. Um, inappropriate says, why does it matter if an editor is black or white? In my eyes, transformation is... Just accepting that we are all people created equally and should be hired on our skills and not our race. Cosi? Nonsense. I mean, we're just looking at <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an inappropriate comment right there. That's the reason why we have, why young people are. Yeah, you know, I. A cop, a police cop who had, who had had this man in a, in a chokehold and, and the grand jury decided that he wasn't, he wasn't going to be indicted. How do we, I mean, please, we can't pretend that there's no racial sort of um, differences. It's got to be, it's what we have, you know, economic equity for, uh, economic employment no, equity no. for. Okay, um, and then this, this one from Kimberly. Uh, I think it will always be a race factor. Publications like Marie Claire will never relate and or appeal to a normal lower class market. Huh. But that's look, but people magazines are allowed to choose, mm. right? Who they t- who they target market is. I'm not upset at sorry, right? I'm not upset at <laughs> oh, oh, really when are I you upset? No, she's right? upset with me. Upset. No, no, that's what I brought no. her here. I was come, come, it's okay. No, okay. No, so <laughs> why would I go to sorry and say, please put a black person uh, really yeah. right? So this is where and this is where we uh, <laughs> Vanguard is really reflective <laughs> of just a lot of things that happen in corporate South Africa in general, right? Where we're saying these are the so called inclusive places. Mm. But who remains the custodian? You remain the custodian, Aspasia, right? I do. You remain the custodian, and the, the problem is, it's not an, it's not an. The problem is that it's a pattern, right? That it continues to be in the inclusive spaces. The gatekeepers remain white. You have a few people. The fact that you continue to say, "Oh, but we have four columnists," that's missing the point. And those are the issues that we speak about in our magazine. Then, how many times have we spoken to your boss about the fact that transformation? And they say, "But you know, Rainbow Nation." But one, two, three. Those are exactly the issues that we speak about. And the fact that now, you know, you don't have access to those those issues, right? That is the reason. <laughs> That is exactly why we keep moving away from those spaces because every day you're continually erasing us out of these narratives every single time. And why it gets upsetting is because you're making money off of us, right? You're, you're saying in your magazines that this is our, the majority of our readership is black. So all of these international, the local international covers, right? Um, all say 
a majority of our readership is black. You know, Cosmopolitan boasts this. Uh, Glamour even goes as far as to say we have the highest profile of black reader. I don't know what that means to say highest profile of black reader ahead of, you know, they say they they, they list the rest of the magazines that they, they that they top. So you're saying that yes, advertisers, we've got these guys, but we're really not interested in speaking to their issues. So it really is beyond just the, the cover. Are you speaking to so my Panisha, issues? Let me ask you because I went and I speak annually. I get invited to have conversations with the, the master students at Witz mm-hmm. Journalism School. And the majority of the students, I'm always delighted to see, are women. Mm-hmm. And the majority are black. Mm-hmm. And so I asked them this very question. I said, so who? Who am I going to put on my cover that mm-hmm. you will buy? Mm-hmm. And they came up with so many interesting. First, The first line of argumentation was everything that I've heard from you. And I said, look, they don't sell well. So uh, there's something that's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that is. And then they said to me, oh, actually, there's also like sort of self, people don't want to see. There's a um, education that needs to happen. Yes. We've drunk the Kool-Aid of whiteness, right? We, we have. We have. Mm-hmm. So I want to, to make that point. We have drunk the Kool-Aid of whiteness. And, and we need to, to change that. And that's but why that's, it's that's very important to have these to have debates. These and have it again. So I think we should have it frequently. <laughs> and when I invite people on Twitter to come in, they should come in. So I was very pleased that you came because I invited your you, friend, um, what is her name? But you know why people stop the, coming? But you know why people stop coming? But nobody's inviting them to no, come no, to be, the debate. No, beyond that is that often we have it in corporate. I've been through so many. I can't tell you how many different corporates, right, where they say, how do we target young black people better? How do we do one, two, three? And often what it is is a cheat sheet, Right of okay, this is the person we want on the cover. This is what uh, you know. These people sell bonang, boiti, blah blah blah. That's what we want. But really, why I actually then consider not coming is because when we talk about the things about transformation, change who's on your masthead, change that. That's what we want to see. You're not willing to do that. So then in the end, we actually disengage from a lot of these spaces because people aren't actually willing to do the hard work beyond getting a cheat sheet for how do you attract more black customers. But they're not willing to dig deep. It's all about the surface. For exactly, them. What's and that's on the why surface? we disengage. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Um, it's good to have these conversations as we've started here today, but unfortunately our time is up. But I'd like to thank all the ladies for joining oh, us this okay. afternoon. I know. We have one hour. It sucks. Uh, gone. Uh, Zodra, Zodra, Kumano, thank you. Uh, editor of, oh, art editor of Mail and Guardian. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay. And then, uh, Panashi, sorry, I, f- I forgot your surname. Panashi Chigumazi. Okay. Panashi, you are with Vanguard. I'm definitely going to check you guys out. SMI. because I? Because clearly you are a force. Yes, no, because clearly you are. <laughs> I've a already been checking them out. I've been taking the cheat sheet, people. <laughs> a force to be reckoned with, and I applaud. Uh, I applaud all that you're doing because you know um, if nobody if nobody sets the example and takes the lead, then then what did, what did Tony Morrison say? If you haven't, I'm going to really uh, butcher her, her phrase, but if you haven't read the story, if you're not seeing the story that you want to read, write it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, Kosi Zwanisi Gu, uh, editor of Drum Magazine. Thank you Thanks so much for, me. for joining us this afternoon, and of course, Aspasia Karras. And Mabali Maloy. And, and we're we'll, between two fans. We'll be back <laughs> next week. We got all fired up today. Oh, we did. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, the tech show coming up next.